And welcome back to Tampa Tantrum Live Nice 2013. Hello Woo! again. Uh, so we've had a pretty interesting morning. Very interesting. Um, quite challenging, lots of debate. Yep, so we've had um, Corey Andreen first up from CK Coffee. Did a great job. Uh, talking about quality. Definitely uh, he's taken a few things away from that, actually. It was a good talk. I'm, yeah, like, it's really no, no, definitely very back. challenging. Made me think a lot about kind of just the whole customer experience kind of stuff and I don't, I don't think we necessarily always do a great job of giving the customers what we think we're giving them. Um, yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. And then um, we had a Gwillem just recently, yeah. moments ago, uh, talking about the Barista Guild. Uh, he's changed. Very much so. Yeah. But it seems like it's an exciting thing that we're going to get into. Um, yeah, he has. He's changed. Very it seems uh, Paul Sack is definitely driving the educational side of things. So I think them two, they're definitely very different characters. But uh, to see them driving it together is going to be very interesting. I think uh, like Paul Stack, he's one of those unsung heroes of SCAE, though. He kind of doesn't, like, he gets lots of credit and he doesn't get the credit he deserves. Not like, at all, yeah. So he's he, like, without him, Gold Cup in Europe wouldn't exist. It wouldn't be a thing. It wouldn't be a thing we know and talk about. So, so, um, Tampa Tantrum is about those people coming up here and doing talks, and it's a very important part of what we do. But also, Tampa Tantrum is about informal, casual, relaxed talking about things in the industry. That's kind of what Gwillem's talk came into in the, in the end. But this one is a, an organized casual talk. Yeah? If there is such a thing, yeah. If there is such a thing, I'm making stuff up. Um, I'd like to invite up on stage uh, a special guest from Sprudge.com. Um, Jordan Sprudge, shall we call him? Because I actually, <laughs> I'm terrible. Like that's what I call you. Please round of applause. That's my that's my casual introduction, Jordan Sprudge. Jordan nice. Sprudge, excellent. Planned casual. And where is uh, Zachary Sprudge today? Uh, so <laughs> Zachary is currently uh, a you dealing. You have to be too detailed at this. <laughs> no, no, you do have to be really. He's detailed. currently dealing with what we've termed Rwandan levels of gastrointestinal distress. Wow. We use uh, we use uh, Rwanda as the gold standard for how sick your stomach <laughs> can become while traveling. And uh, so, uh, yeah, he's going through it right now. Maybe he's tuning in on it's the It's going through screen. him right now, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, well, or bo yes, both. Um, so, uh, Defcom 4. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he'll tell me to shut up on Twitter. He could hashtag uh, TTL, TTL niece, hashtag TTL niece, and tell me to stop talking about his stomach problems. That's nice it. promotion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, get well to Zachary. Hope we will see you soon. Yes. I, 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 it's become a trade event without Zachary. Is like, I don't know. Espresso without sugar in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put that on his tombstone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't know you were planning that. But. It's his epitaph. <laughs> it's that serious? Well, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. It's important I we laugh about it. I, don't know. I kept hoping he was going to walk up. So, I mean, he may still walk up halfway through. Uh, I don't know. Um, we, li we live in hope that he doesn't. <laughs> I, am not, I am not my Sprudger's keeper, so yeah. I, don't, I don't know what his, where his whereabouts are. So let's rewind way, 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 way back. Okay. How did you and Zachary come together on this? And where well, did actually, before then, tell us what Sprudge.com actually is. If 
like th there must be at least three people in the whole world that don't know what it is and everybody else does but tell us what spritch.com is uh, so spritch.com is a specialty coffee news and culture uh, website we field between 150 and 250,000 unique readers each month um, and wow. we've been in operation for about four years um, we're based in Portland, Oregon, and we cover specialty coffee uh, as it happens for news and, and culture features from Melbourne to Tokyo to Portland where we live to New York and London and Dublin and um, everywhere in between. And, and uh, Spritch.com started around about the same time as we started doing tamper tantrums as well. We, yeah. we, we were born at about the same time, so it's really... I, I see you as our illegitimate twin sister. <laughs> yeah, I could see that, or like uh, kissing cousins or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, th th this has always sort of been. It's it's really exciting for me and uh, and you know for us as a for us as a website and for me personally to get to, to be here and hang out with you guys today. We've wanted to be able to have a part in, in Tamper Tantrum for, for a long time, so it's a bit of a thrill. I, I don't want to give you guys a big head, but uh, I mean it. Like it's exciting. We like being yeah. here. We'll hold you that Friday night. Um, but no, so uh, yeah, we started about four years ago. Um, Zachary and I have actually known each other since we were 14. Uh, we met on the first day of eighth grade in uh, in junior high school in Tacoma, Washington. So um, we, we grew up together and we would make music together. We were in all manner of high school plays and drama clubs and um, all these sorts of things. And so we, we've known each other and have been creative collaborators for um, half our lives now. Yeah. And. Um so Sprudge is definitely, uh, it's, it's grown over the years. Did you see it becoming what it is today? No. Uh, I, I mean, it, it definitely avowedly started as, a, as an inside joke. And then I think we did it for a few months as an inside joke. Um, but because of Zachary's background in specialty coffee, we knew uh, like who to make fun of um, uh, to get attention. And, uh, and so we did that effectively, I think, for the first few months. And then um, somebody wanted to buy an ad from us. And we said, OK, that's, that's great. And then that's sort of snowballed into now it's what we both do full time. Wow, so you actually do Sprudge full-time? We are both full-time on Sprudge, yeah. I, I've been working full-time as a writer with Sprudge as the, as the main priority uh, for about two and a half years. And uh, just working on Sprudge full-time for both of us has been for about a year and a half. Wow. And do you have plans then, uh, in terms of expansion in people? And in yeah, we, we've just now, uh, just about two weeks ago, we hired a raft of new staff. So we now have four staff writers working for us. It's a, a, a girl called uh, um, uh, Elise Bouvier, who lives in London and works for um, uh, Talk House Coffee in Notting Hill. Yep. Um, a guy named Alex Bernson, who's a barista and um, I, I think the best coffee journalist in New York City. Um, he works currently at a place called Sweetleaf uh, in Brooklyn. Um, and then uh, a girl called Julie Wolfson, who um, is a freelancer and has written for Cool Hunting and a number of other publications in Los Angeles. Um, and then uh, a girl called Eileen Kenny, who publishes a blog called uh, Birds of Unusual Vitality. She was also yes. a coffee common barista and works for Market Lane in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, so those are our four writers in Melbourne, London, uh, Los Angeles, and New York. Wow, that's incredible. With that's more, uh, that's with really yeah. interesting. I mean, I kind of I'm, I'm excited to hear that there's we writers. Hire someone. Yeah, <laughs> we have Jen. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. well, who needs anyone when you've got a Jen? Um, I, I I'm excited by that because if I'm going to have one criticism of Sprudge, and I, I know this isn't just a giant loving, it's very US focused because that's where you are and they're the people you know and and and, and obviously where the stories are coming from, but. It's exciting that you've got somebody in UK, somebody in Australia that will kind of broaden those stories yeah. out there and make it. A, I mean, you do cover Europe stuff, but hopefully this will see more and more coming in. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. One of the things that we're, we're finding is 
you know, b back on the West Coast, we'll we'll split up our days as editors, where Zach will be the desk from you know 9 a.m. to 5, and I'll be the desk from 10 a.m. to 3, you know, or 10 p.m. to 3 a.m., so that we can publish things on a more like a European focus or an Australian focus schedule. Um, that's one of the things that we've always had a problem with is that uh, folks in Europe, you know. And we'll publish all day long while everyone's asleep, so you wake up and see the new content. But we want things coming out in the middle of your workday. Like we want to distract you from work in the middle of the day, like we've been doing for our American readers for years. So uh, trying to trying to figure out that timing and, and work with the global clock a little bit more. Yep. And do you see um, like that's really exciting to me? I didn't even I didn't realize that you'd expanded like that. But so then the scope of Sprudge will it always just be a website, or do you have ideas that want to like branch out into uh, either maybe events or uh, yeah. an animal sanctuaries or I don't know. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, uh, yeah, we. It's it's trying to figure out which is the which is the right one to go with first for sort of the the first big thing like that that we that we do off the web. Um, we have done a series of cupping parties um, uh, around the United States, and then also we did two in Australia during WBC that uh, that are sort of like. Um, we call them cupping parties very avowedly because they're not cuppings. There's steps in the cupping process that are skipped and there's a hundred people there and 30 coffees on the table and there's things about it that are very much like breaking with cupping protocol. But the flip side of it is it's a big gathering for coffee where there's no money exchanged, there's no milk being poured, there's you know there's no competition. And, um, so we've done quite a few of those uh, around the United States and then now a couple of them in, in Melbourne as well. So um, maybe some more stuff like that. But yeah, we've talked a lot about um, uh, the idea of doing a pop-up cafe, um, uh, which I think would be really, really fun. Um, uh, like a themed pop-up cafe, and Zachary's got all kinds of wild ideas for, for what he wants to do for that. Um, Zachary has a wild idea? Yeah. No. No, you surprise me. Um, and then I think, uh, you know, we sort of go back and forth a little bit about the idea of doing something like a print quarterly. Uh, one of the other web-based uh, publications that we're both obsessed with is uh, Grantland.com, that ESPN and by ESPN Disney publishes um, out of Los Angeles. And uh, they do a quarterly, a beautiful quarterly, like printed book that's a collection of their favorite features from the last three months and then original art and original, um, original writing and stuff. And so something like a quarterly, that could be something that you would see from us in like 2014. Wow, that's really exciting. I hope so, I, if, we, if we do a good job with it, yeah. So what do you need to get to bring Sproge on then? Do you need uh, like content from contributors or do you need uh, like, uh, support from sponsors, or like, what 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 is it like uh, that you need to to do to get you to that, then to that next level? That's a really good question. Uh, we've had people sort of talk to us a little bit more seriously in the last six months or so about uh, about investment and um, and sort of things like that. And uh, we've taken sort of a slow pace with that. Uh, we we both still fully fully own the company, so um, all of the kind of growth and development, hiring new writers and things, has been done with ad revenue. Um, so yeah, growing that growing that ad revenue is uh, is definitely part of what we do. Um, one of the things that we're that we try to be really clear about with that stuff is we're we're not a trade publication. Um, we don't sell content for money. Um, you can't buy a, a, a feature on Sprudge, but you can buy an ad. And, um, and we do definitely make ourselves available for events and appearances and things for our clients and um, uh, clients and things like that are part of how we snoop news. So sometimes you'll see us writing about exciting things from people that we happen to work with. Sometimes you'll see us writing about stuff for people that you know we'd love to write us a check, but they couldn't care less. I think that's one of the things that contributes to Sprudge greatly is that. Like, you will see uh, a certain business um, sponsoring an ad, mm -hmm. and then ridicule the very next day. Yeah, that's exactly right, uh, and we pride we pride ourselves on that. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that it gives it more uh, when people do get credit on the site. You know that it's 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 warranted and it's earned, and it's not just because they're filling the coffers underneath. So, do you find it difficult to um, to wait that? You know, um, it's always just it's dialogues and conversations. Uh, 
I think the, the really important thing is that uh, the people that we do work with as ad clients are all companies that, we're, that we think do a good job. Um, so we've always been really careful with um, whom we do or don't take ad revenue from um, because that makes it so much easier to try to figure out ways to um, pursue working with them in the lifeblood of the site and in the, the content that we, that we do on the site. Um, so being really careful and select about, about your ad clients, that's something that from the very beginning that we, we focused on and it's probably meant that we, we could have gotten a great big bloody syrup check three years ago and it would have been great, but um, we've always sort of said no because we weren't really sure how to, how to talk about it and make it cool, you know? Um, so being a little bit more selective about that is something that we're, we're actually really proud of. Um, so, you, so you've said no to sponsors who've approached you yes. as well as saying yes to people. Yes. That's tough. That's tough turning away the money from the door. Yeah, but the, yeah, but the, payoff, the payoff is that I just had Colin Harmon tell me that it seems like we do a great job of taking the piss out of people. You know, I mean, like and that we work with cool people. That's, 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 that's the payoff. You've taken the piss out of me, so I, seem to, I need to seem have. like I'm, I'm a good sport about this all, but I'm actually quite bitter. We've also said very, very nice things about you, to be fair. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's been yeah. nice. Um, that's like, I think a big part of like um, growing any sort of organization as a coffee shop or a sprudger or a roaster or anything is trying to change people's perceptions about what you do because a lot of time you run a business in the context of what you want it to be. So I think it's interesting to listen to you say about what you want to grow Spudge into because a lot of the time people think you are what you are and that's what you'll always be. Whereas when you're running an organization, you, you, you see what it's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that that's one of the things for us is, um, you know, as we, as we grow and, and I'd like to think that you can see it on the content on the site and, and, and see it how we, how we work the site, but to differentiate ourselves from trade, um, there, there's so much of uh, the, the writing that's happened about the industry over the last decade has been um, done by trade and, and we're not. Um, and so uh, well, one of the things that we do that, that's kind of important for that is the way that Sprudge talks back and forth to the mainstream media, and, um, how we're picked up and linked by different media companies and uh, how we work with them and um, steal stories from them and beat them to stuff, and, um, which is great because it means if they play by the rules, then they have to credit us. Like if we get to something that's brand new that's just open first, um, it doesn't matter if you're the New York Times or whatever, we, we beat you to it. So you have, you have to say that we beat you to it when you write the article if you're going to play by the rules. Um, and that's our bread and, that's our bread and butter. So... Uh Obviously, you walk on a knife edge of upsetting people, maybe, and making them laugh. Sure. Is there anybody that has took offense at stuff that you've done? Have you had to take anything down but or I retract? Like, I feel or? like you guys both maybe are like simmering with some past offenses from, from, no, year, no, from no, years no, past. No, yeah. no, I'm kind of, I'm, all, I'm always fairly happy that people know I exist. So if, if stuff happens, I, that, that, that's yeah. fine. We, we had a, we had a, I have a good example of this is we used to do a running feature every week, and this was in like 2010 called uh, Schmuck of the Week, where we would find uh, specialty coffee like crime related related stories on the internet and then and call those people schmucks. We would like stamp their forehead with a red stamp via Photoshop that said schmuck and stuff. And we got this nice. email maybe um, three months ago from a guy who had been a schmuck of the week and had gone to jail and gotten out and was finding that our schmuck of the week article was the first thing that came up when his name was Googled and it was making it difficult for him to find like honest work like after he'd gotten out of jail. Um, wow. And so we saw that and just kind of looked at each other and said like, okay, our lives are very strange. And then also like, let's just go and pull it because we have, we've, we've had our laugh. Like we're not trying to like ruin this guy's life. Like, you know, from three years ago. So yeah, I don't know, nobody's kind of going to go like, oh, that's a really important piece of information you've took down there that yeah. he was the schmuck of the week. So yeah, right. And I think you also have to be careful because like, you know, I don't know, you don't want to upset somebody too much because they may have been a joke that we made three years ago, but you know, for them, it's yeah. you know a revenge sort of a status at some uh, point. Have you ever 
posted something on Sprudge and then met the person face to face and be like, oh, hello. Like, do you find that hard to? Uh, you know, I, I, I think that in reality, the kinds of stuff like that would, that would make it make us feel like, oh, strange when we met someone in person is, is more like the kinds of things that we were publishing when we were still quite small. Um, there, there was a tone for how we wrote the site, say, three years ago in 2010, where we really felt like we were throwing rocks at giants and tr trying to get heard and make, make a name for ourselves. And um, that is not how we write anymore. It's not, it's, it's not really how the, and it's been a, a transition to, I guess, I don't know, I don't want to say grow up because that's so lame. But yeah. no, no, I, I, I actually that's agree. Fair. I think the style of Sprudges has changed, and it is a more grown-up approach to it. But still, have it, like grown-ups can still be stupid. Yeah, like, sure. th th This kind of proves it. You know, I, I am living proof <laughs> that yeah, I can be grown up and very silly. Yeah. Um, so you said Zachary's background is in specialty coffee. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what What's your background? Because like, everybody knows Zach. Yeah. And you're the guy in the background, like kind of a little bit more. Well, like, like Zach likes the limelight. I, you know, he kind of is very out, outgoing and confident. And you, you're kind of when I see you at trade shows, you're behind your laptop typing yeah. stuff. You, you were the wind beneath his wings. I think. I think. I think I'm a, his ghost. I'm his career ghostwriter in a lot of ways. Um, no. Uh, so. So again. So we we grew up with each other and, and knew each other for quite a long time. And um, Zach moved to the East Coast after high school to go and work for Specialty Coffee. He worked for for Nick Cho with Katie Cargillo and Aaron Ultimo at Murky Coffee in Washington D.C. in 2005 and 2006, and then um, managed the Ninth Street Espressos in New York City in 2007 and 2008, um, when there was three of them, I think, three or four of them, um, uh, and then moved back to Seattle. And then during that time, um, I went to college and uh, got a degree in uh, contemporary history from the University of Washington in Seattle, Washington, uh, which is also coincidentally where Sam Lewinton, the Northeast Regional Barista Champion of, uh, of the United States, and um, uh, Stephen Vick uh, of uh, Blue Bottle Coffee are also University of Washington grads in specialty coffee. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, so I got a degree and then um, I very nearly went to law school and instead I kind of slagged off for a bit and played a lot of music. Um, I sort of had this like first act of my life in my 20s uh, where I was a touring musician and played on a band on a record label that was based on the other side of the country from where I lived in Seattle and toured and traveled and uh, Zachary was working in specialty coffee at that time and so um, this is maybe in 2006 I would be out on the road and he would say oh well if you're in Chicago you've got to go to this cafe there's this cafe in Millennium Park that you have to go to it'll change you know how you, it's better than anything in Seattle you got you got to go and try it you got you got to go and see it and um, so that was how I learned about coffee. That was that, that travel that I did domestically in the States for playing music. Um, it became like eventually I was like forcing my bandmates to like, you know, take an extra hour before we got on the road so that we could, you know, go and see the cafe or go, go and see the coffee. And so, so yeah, so, um, yeah. There's a lot of those links with music and, and yeah. kind of coffee, like going to coffee shops. Because, I mean, in 3FE, we've had a few people pop in. You tend to uh, get bands walking in with scribbled pieces of paper like <laughs> that's been torn off the menu of a coffee yeah. shop in Stuttgart or... Or Malmo awesome. or somewhere like that. Yeah. So yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm always I'm always amazed uh, at this stuff when you talk to um, you know people like like uh, like Matt Perger, who's so young and so talented and established. And I was just a naff when I was 23. I had no idea. I mean, I was you know I was a mess. I was a massive dis <laughs> massive disappointment. You know, I mean, I was really like my and my brothers were my brothers were straight straight to law school from from college and all that stuff. And I just I, I you know I was. I had no clue. So I'm always amazed when I see those people. I didn't, you know, it wasn't until Zachary and I started working on the site that I kind of, I mean, even at that point, I was playing music in Seattle and working in restaurants and working as a bartender and yeah. So if it wasn't the coffee itself uh, to a certain extent, but like, what's, what's drawn you into the industry and what do you think 
is interesting about the industry. So when you talk to people from the, the New York yeah. Times or other media outlets like that, what do you think is drawing them in? Why, why are they interested? There's a, lot, there's a lot of really smart people who have chosen coffee but could do anything else. And uh, it's something that um, I feel like when we're covering the barista competitions, every once in a while I'll find myself getting, giving that same compliment to someone, that you can see it when they're competing, that they could have chosen anything, but they, it's to coffee's benefit that they've chosen coffee and they would be you know, the best in the world, they won among the best in the world at anything if they had done it, but because they chose coffee, it's, it's, you know, it's to, to the industry's benefit. And I think there's a lot of stories like that. Um, but I don't know, no, I got, I got sucked into it because I was, I, it was delicious. I don't know. I got I got obsessed with it. Like I had a shot of espresso that changed how I thought about coffee, and that it took me down the rabbit hole as a consumer. And I still feel like I get to. I had some Tim Wendelbow over at the Marco booth, the Takangu, that was like the best cup of filter coffee I've had in a long time. This morning, a half an hour or half an hour ago, and it's the same thing. Like I feel like I get really I get really excited about it. I don't know. Do you, and do you see the do you see a lot more traveling in your future timeline is that like is the plan for Spudge to be on site as much as possible at events like this at mice at you yeah. know london coffee week that kind of thing yeah uh, zach zach jokes that he wants to get himself set up in a bunker somewhere in los angeles and just have minions go out and do it from then on and he wasn't like, joking th no i know he wasn't joking like but to make like one public appearance every five years and be like old and withered have like, like willy wonka maybe yeah like mr burns fingernails you know sort of like a howard hughes-esque character i can um, see that yeah you know i don't know it's interesting um I love I love the travel and also kind of hate it. Um, I think I hate it the day before, and then you get there, and there's that energy that happens when you get to a new city. And I still have that like travel junkie thing. My mom's a travel junkie too, and uh, kind of lives vicariously through the stuff with me. I think, and um, so I sort of grew up with like wanting to get to do that. And I don't know. Uh, well, you told me an interesting stat earlier on that you have spent more time yeah. away from home than at home in 2013. Yeah, that's right. Although that balance will be redressed this summer because I. Uh, I think it'll just maybe be some very light domestic travel in July, and then in, in August I'm getting married at the end of August, and so I have. Congratulations! Hey, thank you. And I have I have a travel embargo on my month of August. That was part of the agreement to marry me was that I wouldn't be gone for the month before the wedding. Yeah, so happened to I, me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you guys do it too. You guys do the travel too. I mean, like, I don't I don't know what's the strategy. How do you keep a level head? I I get lost sometimes. It's difficult because I think a lot of time, like we've got a very young baby at home as well, so it's. It's difficult, and um, a lot of the time, the first challenge is to explain that it's not a holiday, it's it's work, and that you're working at this thing. Whereas the trade show, it's in Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, right. this really didn't help at all. Just near the old town by the beach. Yeah, I feel like I have to explain that, like my Instagram of the beach was technically for work, like it, it was for work. Like. Yeah, so I think we're we're kind of privileged in that sense because you do get to see, like when I was in. Um, when I finished university, a lot of my contemporaries would have spent a year traveling through Southeast Asia or Australia. It was very much a done thing. And I just went straight to work. And I kept working, and I never stepped away from that. So I always regretted not traveling as a backpacker. But these days, I get to travel to different cities and see cities. And what, like, I spent, um, I think, about 27 hours in Moscow recently, just in out. <laughs> but I saw more in that 27 hours than I probably would have in a week by myself. That's about how long it takes to get from the uh, airport to the city in traffic, right? <laughs> 27 hours. But you do, like, you tend to drop into cities. People go, we'll show you where to go. You get to see the, the better restaurants, the better bars, skip all the nasty stuff, and this is where you want to go. So it is a great way yeah. to see the world uh, through work. Uh, well, up until yeah. 2005, I hadn't been on an aeroplane. Wow. Yeah. Now I he has like, his own aeroplane. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like now. The flying tomato. Yeah, I, yeah big I, red one. I, 
I was one page of filling my whole passport with stamps. That's like, awesome. I was one page, and I didn't start that passport for three years. Like so, yeah. I had it in two thousand and three, and and like, yeah. So now I fly lots. My wife is she's happy when I go because I'm out the way, mm-hmm. and I stop interfering with the business, and I stop kind of messing things up. So she's she's quite happy to send me out the way. I was I was once at this dinner with uh, it was like me and these five very very professional, very well respected uh, you know, green coffee buyers, and I was watching them play that passport game where they they pulled them out and they showed you know oh, well I got the five extra page insert, well I've got the ten extra page insert, and it's like that scene in American Psycho, you know where they've got the business cards and they're all sort of like comparing the business cards. I feel like uh, coffee people do that same thing with passports. Yeah, yeah. I seriously need to fill mine up, but I don't know. It's um so. Suppose you're definitely uh, open to offers in terms of uh, trips and like you. It uh, you know, it just kinda, yeah, it kind of depends, man. Um, we uh, that's always sort of a balance, and uh, what I think we found now is that you, cal- you know calendar space is what can get really precious. Um, but we're trying to do a better job of, of being able to give those opportunities to the people who write for us. So, yeah. for example, we've got our writer in London will be in Dublin next week. Um, really? Uh, yeah. Our uh, we start cleaning. Yeah, um, our our writer from New York is in Chicago right now, actually seeing some of the new cafes in Chicago, and so we're trying to um, be able to be able to do that stuff a little bit more. You know, the idea is that we can see, we will see and do everything, even if it's not necessarily Zachary and I seeing and doing all of it. So trade shows, you cover SCAA, you cover SCAE, you cover Nordic Barista Cup, you cover Mice. So, like, what what is your favorite? conference that you've covered as Sprudge over over the past four years? That's a really good question. Um, you know, this year's this year's USBC in Boston, um, so, so at, at the at the shows, um, the barista competitions are, are what we are there are a hundred percent focused when they're happening. And we we cover them live on Twitter and take photos of every competitor and we, we were so surprised when we started trying to do this kind of coverage because we realized that although there had been people who were covering these events for years or were even you know sponsors media sponsors of the events there was there was nothing ever exhaustive done you could never find you know every single competitor photograph notes on every single competition and and that's what we wanted to step in and do and do like the same way you know an ESPN or a BBC would cover a sports event like and and sort of treat it like that and so um, we've sort of grown into our roles with that and Zachary's the photographer and I'm the guy on Twitter. Um, and uh, so I actually love it. People, people ask me, like, aren't you exhausted or don't you hate it? And, and I feel like um, I, I personally really, really love it because it's like I get to be, you know, Vin Scully. It's like I get to be the baseball announcer for, for the weekend, and it's, it's awesome. Um, so the level of competition at this year's USBC was um, really pretty special, really pretty special. Such a high bar all the way around. And then once you got into that Saturday and the Sunday, um, stuff that even – if I'd seen those people compete three times at the regional and then once in the first, I mean, like, just really, really special, really fun stuff for, for the sport or the professional development exercise or whatever the hell it is. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think th- this year, this last USBC was uh, was really something else. And, I mean, Saturday and Sunday in Melbourne were amazing, too. I mean, were incredible. Like, once once there's that cut that happens at Worlds and you get into the Saturday and the Sunday, uh, you get to see some pretty special stuff there, too. It's yeah. interesting, because when I see USBC, it scares the hell out of me. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's... I think most countries in Europe, maybe, there's, like, three maybe four like serious contenders but you look at usbc there's 20 you know it's it's, just yeah it's wild and that's not changing anytime soon you know uh this year it it, i it makes a lot of sense that it would be the year for 
for Pete or for someone like Pete who has kind of career competitor experience and has done it for a long time? Because there's a lot of young kids who are nipping at the heels, like people who are really young and hungry and super creative. And this is what they want to, this is where they want to plant their flag. You know, this is, this is what they want to do is win one of these things. Well, it's almost a shame though, as a USBC competitor, there's only one place yeah, because right. you do look at some, you know, it's a big country. There's yeah. a lot of competitors, yeah. there's a lot of baristas and that. That one place is is an achievement in itself. Yeah. Some of the best non-attending WBC people are, you know, yeah. you look from the, the pool at the States do and it's definitely there. Do you think, uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how, how it would be received, but like, personally, I would like to see like, maybe three competitors from the US go to the WBC, yeah. maybe two from the UK. Yeah. Like, and I think the stronger countries can contribute more people I definitely agree that there could have been two from the UK. This was the first year that we had somebody really uh, do in-depth coverage on UKBC for us. It's our that, that same writer I mentioned, Elise, in, in London. and um, Yeah, some of the stuff that she came back with, the photos and the routines and, and the notes and stuff that she came back with, a very, very high-level very high level competition in, in the UK. Um, yeah, I think there's a sensitivity about it in the States because Coffee Stone International and Americans um, have this kind of underlying sensitivity about not wanting to be ugly Americans about things. Um, like we don't want to be, you know, brash. Oh, of course we should have. Darn tootin' we should have three competitors. You know what I mean? It's, it's great coffee in America. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, probably, maybe. Um, I'll tell you, like, that USBC, it's almost like another world. It's like, it's, um, the Saturday and Sunday at USBC is something special. Well, that, that's almost why the US doesn't have to do the, you know, the WBC every year is because it has its own WBC kind of going on every yeah, year. Yeah, I could, yeah, I, I think that I, um, at the risk of sounding like that ugly American that I was just impersonating, yeah, I think I agree with you. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think there will be a lot of opposition to it, but... Personally, I don't know. I think it's warranted. Like, yeah, for sure. If there was if there was three competitors from the U.S. competing at WBC, I think they would all make finals. Yeah, the finals, um, the final Sunday at the USBC this year was the best day of competition that I've ever seen. Yeah. Wow. So I think we 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 time to to wrap this one up. Uh, we're going to be coming back on stage in uh, twenty minutes, uh, where we're going to be having. Like one of my, one of the people I'm most excited about seeing on, on these. Places. I mean, everybody's great, but Sonia's special. Sonia Bjork Grant has kind of been around competitions forever um, and knows competitions better than anybody else. So please, please come yeah. back in 20 minutes to see uh, one of the best presentations I think you're ever yeah, going to see. A, I've had a sneaky peek at the slides, and Sonia will talk us through where competition came for, what it was for, and how that's changed over the years. And um, when you look back, it's kind of inspiring because it was very, very, very different. So I and think you, you kind of you think of four years of Sprudge covering Brist competition. How much it's changed since then? It's you know ba back in Atlanta, two thousand and nine. Yeah, sure. You know, like it's a very different place to now. And, uh, yeah. and Sonia's yeah. going to very, very vividly uh, display that in her presentation. So um, please, a huge round of applause <laughs> Thank you very for, much. for Jordan Thank and you guys for Sprudge. Keep doing what you're doing.